0: The Independence Exeter City podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Oli Heptinstall, Paul Martin, and Paul Sussex.
1: Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to another week's edition of Grecian Talk, and it's going to be a more positive episode this week, hopefully, because Exeter collected four points from the last two games, two home games, a victory over AFC Wimbledon. And a 2 2 draw against Fleetwood. So, we'll be discussing both of those games, as well as announcing the winner to our competition and a match preview to Saturday's game between Bradford and Exeter. So, uh, no Ollie tonight, unfortunately. So, I'm Paul Martin, I'm in the chair for tonight, and we've got Mark Briggs and Paul Sussex with me to discuss the games. So, that's all coming up on this week's Grecian Talk. Okay, so we'll start this week with another interview. We had Jamie Reed on couple of weeks ago and now we've got another city youngster on loan at Dorchester, Jake Gosling, who of course scored the winner against Plymouth Argyle to knock them out of the FA Cup. Mark and Hans last week carried out an interview with Jake Gosling and here it is. Uh, on the line we've got uh, Jake Gosling uh, interviewing him would be Mark Brough ok yeah thanks Paul um, so firstly Jake uh, how
2: are you feeling have you uh, come to terms with the result after Sunday yet yeah well um, obviously initial high I was really happy but I've uh, come back down to earth now you know like it's been a couple of days and had a few training sessions so yeah I've come back down to earth now um, before we discuss the, the match uh, what were your pre-match expectations of the game what did you think the scoreline was going to be etc um, I was Optimistic because I you know, like, you know, I've been playing in the good
3: football for a while now. And, like, I, knew, I knew that the um, other country was quite an upset, but you know, like, obviously, it's also a lead team, and we're not, so they're obviously going to be the favourites. But, um, you know, like, I, I was going to see a game sort of, like, you know, I was really up for it, and they're yeah, just optimistic, really. Not like, anything could happen, but obviously it did. So, we go through
2: the game, I'm sure you definitely agree that the turning point was the sending off um, of Connor Huwahein. Uh, uh, what were your thoughts on the yes, sending off? I thought that team. I thought he was lucky to get sent off for what he did get sent off
3: for but I thought the first tackle that he got booked for could have um, maybe you know could have maybe sent off for that because I'm watching it again and again it's quite a vicious tackle so you know I thought he was lucky to, to get the second book in for that decision but the first thing I thought
2: he maybe could have been sent off for yeah I certainly agree and of course um, yeah. your goal on 49 minutes as a lovely calm and composed shot uh, how much of it do you remember yeah. um
3: I just swear I uh, it's been hard to forget really. That's that right doubt, like the best—not not the best goal score, but it's the best feeling after a goal, that doubt. And just remember, after being cut back by the right back, and you know, I didn't think a lot when it comes to me. I did see it, and you know, luckily running like right, the back of the you So yeah, I've looked at I've
4: looked at the a couple of times. So like, I remember it. I remember it. Because so many professionals would have lent would have lent back and put that right over the stand. Yeah, in
3: yeah, some would, you know like, it one of those days before, you know, just head down,
2: get right like, over the ball, so I was sort of composed, really, so I think that's what did it for me. And, of course, uh, Dorchester um, dominated so much, so many parts of that game. Did you feel that you definitely, you were the better side in the end? Without a doubt. I think, um, obviously, like sending us
3: so we had a real man advantage, but I thought, definitely, the whole nine minutes, I'd say we deserved that role, you know, had a few chances in the first half, and you know, I thought, just you, know, you can tell the feeling of the game, when you I thought we had a lot of the and we yeah, were in there half a bit more obviously
2: towards them we were hanging on a bit but that's always going to happen when you won it up. so yeah I thought we deserved I thought we deserved um, the really definitely and uh, when the final whistle went talk me through your emotions and what the whole team felt and the, the whole, all the fans that been... it was just uh, it was hard to describe really like I think I uh, looked to me a and the panel was called the smiley assassin or
3: something like that so yeah I was definitely very happy and you know the we were really happy as well the change we were going mental, but um, it's all sort of actually a few interviews after the game, so I couldn't enjoy it as much as I'd like to. But you know, I was just over the moon, like, not just because of skills but just you know, we got through and you know, like the boys I play with, they're, they're brilliant. I couldn't last well better. So I've uh, been obviously pleased for myself, there's
2: pleased for them too. Yeah, so oh, when I was watching it on TV, yeah, your smile was definitely one of the highlights. Of, I think as well, uh, mine Hume was uh, quoting how uh, good your goal was as well, so that was obviously a yeah. claim to fame there yeah, and, uh, yes, I'm sure many City fans uh, would like to know uh, when do you think you'll be back at SJP or will you be uh, staying for round two yeah I think uh, yeah I think the two clubs agreed that I want to stay until the last month
3: you know um, so I'll start be playing round two we'll and hopefully get, get through it again I think it's um, I'm, a meeting, I'm a meeting so we'll see what happens but yeah I'm a city for another month are uh, you boys down
2: that optimistic about the, the next round yeah right I think kind of, we've proven that we can beat
3: anyone, well, anyone in Amazing, but, um, yeah, I just think
4: like bring it on now, see what happens, see what happens. How do you get on with the Orchester players? So, I mean, it's been interesting that Jamie Reid did that wonderful goal in the last minute against Eastleigh, and then along come you, you know, another 19-year-old who propels them into the second round of the FA Cup. I mean, there must be you know these two youngsters who are both upstarts, but have um, contributed an incredible amount to their football season. Yeah, I'm glad and brilliant to there. You know, I've really enjoyed
3: like mixing them. And they've all been exposed. They all sort of Have the same Like banter As like we do So um, And I thought that Really I thought He's, he's done very well with uh, you know, his so And he have been on the bench Last night he? So Yeah I'm finished with him Obviously it was a shame He didn't get on In the FA Cup But like, A couple of hours before He sort of scored the winner To get through as well So he had a really good time there And so wise And hopefully He can carry on With him this last month Back down to earth today Because you played in the reserves game and You were on the bench Yeah um, Yeah We won 6-1 I think, but uh, to me, it's like they were the um, they just like uh, we the team played three, um, the strongest of teams. So, yeah, it was not like yeah, the um, wouldn't as good feeling as,
2: women, as, cool as I can say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I quite understand. understand. And what have you learnt from your time on loan at Dorset? What do you think you'll be back be able to bring back to the Exeter City Football Club? Well, to me, it's a off little
3: Dorset right? Things like going through, like I was on the bench and stuff. I I think, um, I've learned, you know, I've learned how to, um, you know, deal with upsets and deal with sort of, um, like negative uh, I think, I believe that like, it's made me stronger as a person and also like there's questions about um my physical attributes So um, I think being alone at Dorchester it's very it's a very physical league and I think like, that doubt like, I'm smart enough um with how to use my body and you know like my strength so most yeah, no mostly things really that I've come back
4: and lot. Like, I'll definitely from I've really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. So the biggest comment I can probably give you is that many X City fans are really looking forward to seeing you in the first team. Yeah, oh thank
3: you very much you know like yeah, just, you know, I, can't, I can't wait like, hopefully I'll get my chance you know I'll take my chance for you the know, first time you know, obviously you know, I'm and I've um, a few things to but I'd like to be involved in you know. we but going you know, to see um, my daughter's just for the final month and I'll give all my
2: um, give all my assets uh, and uh, me and Paul were discussing before the interview I uh, definitely stand out from a crowd when you play football when you do come back what, what do you think your expectations be do you think uh, you've raised the bar a bit Um, you know I don't think that goes I mean, to the
3: turn without a doubt but um, you know like I just take every day that comes and we will see what happens we will see without a doubt like there will be nothing better for me to do stuff into the first thing but you know it's much harder than that and it's a little conscious sometimes you know and I'm not going to rush like obviously coaches though you know the rest of the coaches are f- have their thoughts for me and you know will see what happens but obviously I I'm, I am hopefully I'm involved but if not I've just got to carry go on so I
2: do um yes okay so uh, thanks for joining us today Jake
4: you're not a televised match but I think we will um, given that we're not in the FA Cup you know, in the first team so we'll all be keeping a close eye on whether it's uh, none eating or looting so good luck to you and the uh, Dorchester Town team for that yeah definitely very much for the team I'm supporting <laughs> that <you're... laughs> okay cool, cool. <laughs>
3: cheers mate thank you yeah, that's great thanks so much Sunday. bye bye take
1: care cheers right. okay, bye okay so thank you to Mark and Hans for doing that, as well as Jake Gosling for taking his time out to do that interview for us. And now we'll move on to Tuesday night's game, which was saw a much-needed win for the Grecian Dexter 2, AFC Wimbledon nil at St. James's Park. And so then, we'll go straight into and ask you, Mark, because you were at the game on Tuesday. So, I finally got a win on the board, and it's a nice feeling to have after a terrible run. What do you think the main reasons were for the victory on Tuesday? Well,
0: uh, firstly, I think um, AFC Wimbledon being poor uh, helped in our favour. But um, yeah, there were there were parts in the game that we did um, play quite well. Um, so obviously, I think a full a full team um, was that helped us, um, and also uh, the other aspects were the facts. Yeah, we were just a, a better side than Wimbledon. We outclassed them in many areas of the pitch,
1: even though it wasn't our best performance. Yeah, and uh, Wimbledon were about the ideal team to have, I think, after they have run the extra had been on. I mean, they really were disappointing. and I, I mean, they came back to have a good win against York at the weekend, which I was surprised to see, but uh, they really had a poor performance on Tuesday night. And uh, someone who impressed from the home side, in my opinion, was Steve Tully. I thought he was man of the match, to be honest. I don't think he got it from the sponsors, but in my personal view, he had his best game of the season. And, uh, Mark, who do you think is the best bet for that right-back slot? Would it be Steve Tully? Well, Steve Tully's definitely
0: showing... Uh his full potential at the moment. Uh, Kevin Amankwa is always a good uh, substitute for him, uh, but I believe uh, Steve Tully deserves a place at the moment after his um, recent form. Uh, he's definitely been uh, the better of the two at the moment. But, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of playing Kevin Amankwa, um, as On the left-back, you've got, what, Craig Woodman and jo- um, Jordan Moore-Taylor, so that's a different matter. But the right-back, I'd say we've got two very strong players there at the moment.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, when he first came and the start of the season, I thought Amankwa was going to nail down that slot. But Tully's come in, and he's done all right, I think, in his time in the team. He's not a right winger, which is possibly why he struggled out there. But since moving back to right back, I think he's done okay. And it was interesting to see uh, Hans uh, Amankwa played for the reserves today.
4: He did indeed. I was um, That was one of several surprises, I think, uh, in the uh, starting lineup for the reserves. Whether this is Tisdale trying out some... Um, Formations, or whether he wants to keep uh, Kevin fit, match fit for um, Saturday, or perhaps for Gillingham. We've got two tough games coming up, so um, he probably wants all his, or as many of his players as possible, to be ready for um, being thrown in at the deep end.
1: Yeah, it's certainly good to have the competition for places all over the team. And uh, the defence did improve on Tuesday night's game. Uh, a clean sheet, a rare clean sheet this year. Uh, Mark, was it a marked improvement from the defence or was it just the fact that Wimbledon offered no threat? <laughs> well, at all? Uh, a
0: bit of both, I, I think. Um, got uh, not really much attacking threat from Fleet, um, from Wimbledon. And, uh, yeah, it was Jack Midson, their striker, was the only sort of attacking threat they had. But um, I was sort of impressed with the defence. got... Uh, Danny Cole's has been accused of not really having a very good leadership over the last couple of weeks um, but I think they deserve the clean sheet after such a long time without going without, going without one uh, especially um, Arthur Kryza, I think that's good for his confidence but yeah just a deserved clean sheet I think um, there were, there's been other games in the season where I think we've deserved them but
1: uh, well finally got one after two months Yeah, and it was uh, pleasing as well to see that that AFC Wimbledon had quite a few corners in that game and Exeter uh, bucked the trend and didn't actually concede a goal from any of them, which uh, was a bonus. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't stick to their good defending from set pieces on Saturday's game, which was Exeter 2 Fleetwood 2, which we'll move on to talking about now. And um, Mark, it was your debut in the Suckersite box up with me on Saturday and I thought it was a very enjoyable game to commentate on.
0: Uh, Well, a lot of them did... uh particularly uh, Jamie and Alan Gow, the usual suspects, I, s- I suppose. Uh, but other ones, I think Liam Circum had uh, one of the best games I've seen him had in a while. Um, well, Matt Oakley was sort of average again, I su- suppose, not had a brilliant performance. But uh, I think we cut out a lot of the mistakes that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, and They've obviously been working hard on them. Uh, but again, it's annoying to see... Let's concede another header. Uh, It was poor marking by Pat Baldwin uh, when McNulty got his head on it.
1: Yeah, it was disappointing to see that. I mean, we pointed it out from the top of the old grandstand that McNulty had lumbered his way forward from the back and was completely unmarked before the free kick came in. I think we assumed that someone would pick him up, but no one did, and he had an easy header into the goal, which was, yeah, very frustrating. But um, we'll come on to you now, Hans, because Jamie Curriton and John O'Flynn are showing signs of a good partnership. They've both scored in both matches over the past week. Surely Paul Tisdale should stick with the two up top with Alan going behind.
4: I think that is what... Um, most people would want um, there is this uh, thing about uh, John O'Flynn who uh, scoring a few goals um, but is putting in a lot of um, work rate over the pitch, keeping the defenders busy, keeping them occupied uh, hassling them um, it's a question of whether we can have Gao Curiton and O'Flynn starting together or whether O'Flynn's task is to come on later on and cause those problems um, I would like to see I would like to see those three uh, accommodated from the uh, start because I think that just causes problems for the defense and keeps them busy and and is a good way to um, get the game moving I'm, I'm still got this issue that we need to score first in Fleetwood uh, town on Saturday again we were trying to uh, catch up with the game and I think it's um we need to make sure that it's our that's dictating the game and the game pattern.
1: Yeah, especially because at the moment, with the, some of the defending that's going on, you're almost feeling like we're giving other teams a head start sometimes, and like you say, just playing catch-up. So I agree with you on that. All-out attack, I think, is the best way to go. And uh, Mark, you mentioned Liam Serkin a minute ago. There were mixed views on Exo about his performance. And, uh, well, you said you were impressed by him, but where do you think his best position is within the team? Would he be a right midfielder or a uh, midfielder for you?
0: I think his natural position is right midfield. But uh, we have seen him be better in the centre um, over the last sort of couple of, I'd say, the last couple of games. Uh, he did take a while to warm to that position, obviously, as many people have seen. Uh, his performances have sort of decreased since the since last season. But this season, I think he's um, he's yeah, like I said, he's warmed to his position. Um, he's getting used to it now. I'd still like to see him um, be sort of more of a right um, sided player. Uh, at the moment I think it's it's okay at the moment Um, yeah we'll have to just see how it goes over this tough um, November month
1: yeah and uh, he's someone who at the end of last season I think we all hoped that he'd kick on continue that form he was in good goal scoring form as well at the end of last time he hasn't quite done it this year but as he says, he's uh, getting better, I think, with every game and hopefully will prove to be an integral part of a successful extra midfield this season. And uh, talking of where to play people, we're going to move on to Alan Gow because he's, sort of, he's the sort of player that probably could play in various positions across the pitch. But in order to get the best of him, Hans, where do you think his best position in the team would be?
4: I think we've... Um discussed this before and I think uh, I've said wherever he wants to play and I think that um, still remains the answer I think he very much got a Harley type role and quite often when you looked at the uh, pitch during a game you look at uh, Ryan Harley you think what on earth are you doing there and I think Gao has to um, take that role on. You know, go wherever it causes uh, the most problems. I was—I've um, only seen the highlights of the Fleetwood game. I was interested in Barry Ferguson, what he contributed, and in particular that pass for the second Fleetwood goal, and that's. Um, Barry Ferguson effectively taking on the same role for Fleetwood that Gow has for Exeter, which is just cause problems, you know, put the passes through, find Curiton, find someone else, um, pass a move or, you know, long passes, be dangerous. Um, I think sometimes Gao has to remember that um, sometimes it's better to, um, to pass the ball onto someone else and then for him to move on to collect it later on. And I think if he can adapt that role, um, supplying to um, Curiton, maybe O'Flynn, uh, then I think uh, he'll be very successful, more successful than he is at the moment.
0: I think especially for the second goal, sorry, yeah, I think especially for the second, at uh, the first goal where Exeter scored, um, yeah, we, we saw him sort of taking on two players and then the third one was uh, like one too many and at, at that time he, he found the, 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 the right pass and obviously Curiton... It was created a goal from it. So I think he's gotta learn um when it's one too many. But it, like Paul said it's um good to see him causing hassle um to defenses and uh, yeah. But like we've we've already discussed this.
1: Yeah, it is uh he does need to be wary I think sometimes yeah of trying to do a bit too much by himself. But yeah the way he set up Curitan's goal was excellent on Saturday and a fantastic finish as well by Jamie Cureton and uh we we'll move on to the second half performance because I thought to be honest it was one of the best displays of the season from extra in that second half Mark where do you think it ranks in this season uh, I'd
0: say second overall? um behind the Wigan one uh because obviously we went on to win that game after being 1-0 and 2-1 down uh we should have we could have gone on to win this game uh we had the ability to the second half I thought Fleetwood um didn't look anything like they did in the first half and we definitely dominated we uh Yeah, we we should have gone on to win that. Uh, It's a shame. I think that's, uh, if you look at it from the second half point of view, it's two points dropped rather than one point gained. Um, But again, we're 10th and we're a couple of points off the playoffs now. So uh, I suppose when it comes to the end of the season, you might look at it as a point gained.
1: Yeah, I think probably most people would have taken a point before the game, Fleetwood, of course, fourth on the table before the game started, and the run that Exeter had been on prior to Tuesday, so I think a point's a decent result, but as you say, it could have easily been three from the second half performance, and it was a far more encouraging display, except in some elements of the defence, there was another sloppy set-piece goal, but we're not going to talk about that because we've done that topic to death really over the past few weeks, but perhaps equally worrying was the way Woodman lost his runner for the second goal, and that's a recurring theme as well. Do you think we need to be in the market for a new left-back in January, Hans?
4: if we've got the um the money I, I i think it's always worth considering i would also like us to consider what the options are within the uh the youngsters should be getting them ready for uh, first team football um I think um the next couple of months is going to be interesting. January transfer do we gamble on investing to get that promotion? I have a feeling that the club is trying to do that, um, which could be interesting if that doesn 't come off whether you know the gamble will work and what that might lead us uh, leave us in financially but um I think yeah, I would hope that they're planning for how can we um strengthen the team in January
1: yeah and uh I think Saturday's performance certainly offered encouragement that the bad run might be over and that we can hopefully put some decent results together and start climbing the league again and threatening the playoffs, hopefully. So that's uh, the two more promising games dealt with and we'll move on to the competition which we had last week and uh, the winner of Mike Blackstone's new Exeter City book is Ollie Goodchild, who emerged victorious despite actually selecting the wrong answer. The answer was Eastleigh, but Ollie, you were the entrant, so you've done well to win yourself a copy of that book. And... Uh, So that's the competition, and now we'll look ahead to Saturday's game. It's Bradford against Exeter, and uh, Hans has recorded a match preview for us for this game, and here it is.
4: Next up for the Grecians is Bradford City away on Saturday. Bradford City currently lie fourth in League Two, and I'll be there on behalf of Grecian Talk, and we'll report back in next week's show. First saw Bradford City back in the seventies, August nineteen seventy-three to be precise, and that result was 0-0, which was typical of uh, most of the results at St James's Park between the two sides. Or if, um, there was a result; it was generally one 0 to Exeter, so and have a very few, never very many goals. They were promoted in the 1976-77 season, the same as Exeter. Exeter finished second and Bradford City finished in fourth. Our record at Valley Parade is we played 19, we won five, drawn five, lost nine and scored 21 goals to their 40. Many people will think of Bradford City as being a Premier League team, but in fact they only spent two seasons in the Premier League in 1999 and 2001. They've now on their sixth season in League Two and the last two years have a uh, fairly poor, finishing 18th Last two, um, even though most of the fans think they're the biggest team in League Two and should therefore be given success and be allowed to run away with the league, but they've not been able to do that. The last time we we're at uh, Valley Parade, um, City were one nil up at half time, but conceded four in the second half, and the result was four one to Bradford City.
1: Okay, thank you, Hans, for doing the preview there. And uh, Mark, we'll come on to you. What's your thoughts about Saturday's Well, game, firstly, uh, of course,
0: Bradford is a big stadium. I think. Uh, one day, I'd love to go up there and watch Exeter if they're ever playing Bradford again. Yeah, uh, for the actual game uh, this Saturday, um, I think we've got to look at it, uh, bringing the mem- momentum we've had over the last week, and um, hopefully go on to get. Um, I think uh, a lot of people are expecting us to get maybe a, a hopefully a point and possibly even three.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think it'll be a tough game to be honest. Bradford have had a good season. there in the League Cup quarter-finals as well. But, um, yeah, tough away day, and we'll go go to predictions. It's prediction time now on Grecian Talk. We try and make this a weekly thing. So, Hans, we'll come to you first. What's your score prediction for Saturday's match?
4: As I said in that preview, um I'm... in my first time seeing Bradford was a 0-0 and I think my visit to Valley Parade on Saturday will also see me watching a, a 0-0 game our first of the season.
1: OK, well, as you're going, we'll hope for some more goals than that. Uh, but I'm going to be <laughs> what, what optimistic
0: this week as I wasn't uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Exeter and I think it's going to be at Curiton and O'Flynn.
1: Well, the deadly duo on target again well we can only hope so unfortunately uh, well I was optimistic last week I'm going to be pessimistic this week I think we'll fall to a 2-1 defeat on Saturday at Valley Parade or well, what is it now the Coral Window Stadium or something ridiculous like that but we'll stick to Valley Parade I think that's the more commonly held name for it and unfortunately I think it'll be a step too far for Exeter despite the recent improvement and yeah I think Bradford will come out on top but um, we'll hope of course Exeter can carry on this good run and hopefully it's been a more optimistic Grecian talk this week after the good run of form that Exeter put together and uh, we'll be joining you for more Grecian talk next week with reaction to the Bradford game and a look ahead to the midweek Gillingham game next week so thank you to handsome Mark for joining me and we'll be back with Ollie hopefully next week and uh, we'll see you then for more Grecian talk